Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. It's a full, full, full show. And, of course, it's Monday, so I also have full, full, full info for Brother Michael Rudnan, who says, time to go away over my limit. Okay, I'll read as much as I can, Brother Rudnan. But anyhow, welcome to my beautiful people, Bridge MCP. Hello, peeps. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Hi all, why is this happening and realize it's Chicago but still sad to see what bad policy looks like. How is the policy different and what specific policy is bad are you talking about? E2247, welcome aboard. Rose Williams, hi everyone, she says, Bridge MCP says, LOL, yep. Welcome back Michael and hello everyone, A. May Wood. And hello everyone, May, you know what, you're going to be starring in our cups today, May, you are here today, welcome aboard, AVQ, you know who AVQ is, Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard, Medicare for All advocates take to the streets over 50 US cities, there's a huge drive for Medicare for All, it's been polled that healthcare is Americans' number one issue, the time to have gotten M4A was when the pandemic demonstrated inadequacies in the for-profit healthcare system, but now will do just as well. Well, now it's actually probably better because the bills are coming due, because the pre-existing conditions that's not supposed to be will show people how the system really works. Okay, second item, Medicare for All rallies in 50 cities show big support for universal healthcare. The revolution will be will not be televised. Where is the media coverage? I've not seen a single mainstream network media article or video yesterday or today about these massive marches. And guess what? I am guilty as well. I was supposed to have some of that available as well, but I didn't. Why? Because I took a six-hour break yesterday to spend some time at my brother Lewis's house because his... Mother-in-law was leaving back to Panama, así que I went there to spend a little bit of time and say bye-bye, hello, all that good stuff. But I will subsequently be covering this, my friends. Mayor Bill de, Bas- de, Belas- de Blasio to, to mandate COVID vaccine or weekly test for over 300,000 New York City municipal workers, including cops, should have done this a year ago, but it's never too late to start. I think what he should have done is mandated it, and if you can't do it, and it's not because of a medical specific reason. Say, okay, we understand it is your choice, but it's also our choice because of the responsibility that we have that you cannot work here. Thank you. That's it. I think it is time for us to protect Americans, and you can only protect Americans if you protect Americans. Michael Rudden says, "Don't you work uh, with old people? Or don't you work with old people? Many elder care workers still refuse to get COVID nineteen drugs, I mean vaccines, this right here needs to be seen as a disgrace. Amid a pandemic of the unvaccinated, more than 40% of the nation nursing homes uh, and long-term healthcare workers have yet to receive vaccinations, and I think they should be summarily fired, period, fired. You can do as you please, but as a private company hiring people and wanting to reduce the cost of, of having to have a lot of sick people, bye-bye. Medical groups call for mandatory shots. Healthcare workers should be first in line to prevent disease spread. Yes, they're meeting people after people after people. And to be unvaccinated, the hospitals and government and everybody else should have the right to say, please, you have the right not to be vaccinated. We have the right not to kill other people. So bye-bye. 
climate and and I'm not being rude to those people who don't want to be vaccinated who those people who want to decide that they have reasons that the, I I get it it's your body you don't have to throw things into your body that you don't want to throw into your body we don't have to want to next to be your next to, we don't want to have to next to be next to your body where you can probably infect us so therefore again bye bye climate crisis a hammer hitting us in the head says Oregon governor, as wildfire rages. Endless wildfires are already here. And guess what? They're here to stay. One, Michael Rudden, are you going to finish, brother? Californians scramble for fresh water as taps well run dry. There's something else I want to tell you guys about California water. California has been running out of water for a long time. They have, they've been using well water dug several hundred feet down below the ground and the satellites have shown that California's, that Imperial Valley and these valleys where we have a lot of our gro- our groceries or vegetables grow, it's been sinking several, I think I don't remember if it's millimeters or inches per year. Okay? I mean, we've been drinking that water out of the ground that's been accumulating for hundreds of years, thousands of years. We've been sucking it like a straw dry. It is time for us to look at not what capitalism says is the way to solve this problem, but to do what a collective says to solve the problem. Start getting fresh water from desalination that's run off of solar power and other powers, building man-made lakes of waters that can replenish reservoirs. There's a whole lot of work we can actually do, but it's not something that is economically feasible in a capitalist system but it's economically feasible when we the people decide that that is what we are going to do to create free water for everybody out of our collective taxes to do these things. It can be done. It's just not a profit motive there because there's no profit to be made. Period. Punto y final. The age of worst case scenarios. What are we seeing with climate change is already worse than the worst case scenario? I don't know. Okay, Michael... Let's see what else you have here. Forcing a reckoning over their the contribution to the climate emergency companies are coming out with a record number of pledges. If we don't get off the fossil fuels in the next 10 years, then heavily limit beef agriculture. We don't stand a chance of forestalling global warming and our civilization will fall within 30 years. This isn't something we can force upon future generations. It's something that we have to do today. Very true. The product of just 100 private and state-owned fossil fuel companies were linked to 71% of the global industrial greenhouse gas emissions in 1988. since 1988, according to a groundbreaking report 2017. Second one, UN reminds leaders of, uh, of need for clear and unambiguous commitment to 1.5C degrees. That's already gone. Not a single country in the world is on track to meet 1.5C degrees. That's actually just under 4 degrees Celsius. I mean, like Fahrenheit. Uh, para ver, para ver. And we are almost out of time where human intervention can't be forestalled. Huge legal win. Court stops police from blockading Line 3 protester camp. What do you call it when corporations control government power? Fascism. We can't have that in the United States. This ruling has stopped one of the worst abuses, but this isn't over. Enbridge has paid more than $1 million to reimburse local sheriff's department, effectively privatizing Minnesota's public po- police forces and service uh, efforts to repress. Okay, I got all that you put out there, AVQ, but I got to go ahead and, well, let me see what else people are saying before I run to the interview that we're doing today. Uh, welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. I think I welcomed you aboard. Eric Hayes, a debt bill comes due. Yes, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. May word. Alicia, welcome aboard. I think it's Alicia. Yeah, Alicia. Uh, Lee Grant, hello, buddy. How you doing today? Bree says, many Americans, I will take a bullet for our country. Other Americans, sit down. You won't even take a vax for your community. Sad, yes. Empty Wheel, Marcy Wheeler today reporting the available evidence says Merrick Garland is prosecuting controversial case from Trump years. Yay, that'll be a good thing. Ask Cuomo about the old people and COVID policy and you get no accountability. And of course we get accountability. You know about it, right? That's accountability. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Rose Williams, I think I saluted you already. Anybody else I need to salute before I get moving? Let's see. Cuomo, Breach MC says, Cuomo official are not going to investigate as they didn't find anything. Thank you. Lee Grant, how do you handle folks with religious objections to vaccination? Some Christian scientists, for instance, would progressives compel them to be vaccinated? No, as I said, they do not have to be vaccinated. They don't. But we also have the right not to want to be next to them. So we can excommunicate them from restaurants. We can excommunicate them from anywhere where they can infect others. That's what we're talking about. I have my freedoms as well. My freedom to stay away from those who will get me sick. It's that simple. Maywood, sorry, the last one was for Bridge. Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see. Republican Elsa Stefanik blasts DOJ for dropping civil rights probe into Cuomo over, over nursing home debts. While this looks like a right-wing bubble talking point, there is some substance to the story. According to the New York Times, New York leads all states in the number of nursing home residents and employee debts, with more than 15,000 in total in the spring of 2020, as Cuomo used for his emergency powers to address the surge in the pandemic. His administration ordered nursing homes in New York to accept Stable COVID-19 patients. Critic argued the decision led to larger. Uh, my question to that is, what was the reasons for doing that? And what alternatives there were? You know, I mean, I, again, it's above my pay grade. When you have a dangerous virus that mutates as fast as coronavirus do, you are just providing more opportunities for it to mutate if you let it spread. Agreed? Uh, let's see what else I got. Daniel Ledo, Egberto sounds like Trump. You're fired. Oh, well, thank you, Ledo. I know you love Trump, so you must love me. All right. Now, let's see. Egberto, thanks for reading all my comments. There was a lot, but yeah, it's Monday. Yeah, don't multiply it again, brother. You're going to kill me. You, no, I'm kidding you, man. You guys do. If I just can't read some, I just won't do it. Alicia was correct. Thank you, Alicia. Alicia is what I would say now, not Alicia. Alicia is lo Latino, pero Alicia is not lo Latino. Eric Hayes, crime and murder is norm today based on policy. That is not true at all. In fact, in the 1990s, 1980s, the crime rate was much, much, much higher. It's just a relative to how safe we've made it in the 20, uh, 2012s, 2008. It looks like a big deal, and it is a big deal if one person is killed, but you know. Hi all, not call Medicare for all in the 1930s. However, groups advocating for health care uh, for almost a century, getting it done. Peggy Lopez, thank you for bringing that out. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, wow. I'm almost done here, guys. There's greed in literally killing people every day. Millions of people forgo life-saving medication because they simply cannot afford it. That is murder by, by, by uh, you know, right-wing government. If we allow Medicare to negotiate lower price, we don't shouldn't have to be negotiating prices for products we created, we invented, and that is where we need to start learning. It's gonna help. Let's listen to John Rosenthal, and we'll get busy. But you know, let's go ahead, John Rosenthal. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I'm here with 
State Representative John Rosenthal once more. John is protecting our democracy, our voter rights in Washington, D.C. He's one of the Texas state representatives who took off to D.C. to make sure that they didn't have a quorum to take away our rights here in Texas. Representative Rosenthal, how are you doing this afternoon? I am doing well. You know, we're, um, we're staying busy. We're working hard here. Uh, and... Um, we're, we're in it because we, we really believe in the cause. We, we want to protect the freedom to vote and, well, and not, let, not let our colleagues make it even more difficult than it already is to cast a ballot in the state. Now, I know that you guys have been in a lot of meetings. I know that a few of uh, uh, six of the members uh, sort of had breakouts with uh, COVID. Are they doing fine right now? Yes. So um, that... You know, it's been such a big piece of news and really over here, it's not been anything. So um, <clears throat> we had one the, the, we had one member uh, test positive because he had, uh, he was test positive uh, uh, prior to a surgical procedure. He didn't even know, he wasn't feeling bad, you know, we're all vaccinated. So once we found out about that, we had everybody tested, everybody tested. And, uh, and that's when we found a few more positives. But really, as far as I know, of the six, only only two showed even minor systems. Okay. Uh, sorry, symptoms. Right. So nobody's really ill. Uh, we've had no new positives for three days. Uh, we're testing every day. And yesterday, it was yesterday or the day before, we did the, um, the PCR test the, for everybody. The real deep the test, rabbit. yeah. Yeah, 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 the real, uh, the molecular test that's much more accurate, and we have still no new, um, no infections. So the the takeaway from this, y'all, is we are seeing dramatic increases in hospitalizations and deaths in Texas and across the country associated with this new variant of the disease. Um, and among all of us here, uh, vaccinated, most didn't have any trouble at all. The ones that even tested positive would never have known if we didn't test them. So they were completely asymptomatic. The takeaway is the vaccines work. Please, please, please get vaccinated so that we can rid ourselves of this problem once and for all. Thank you so kindly for that advice, Representative. Let me, uh, let's, let's get to the core of this thing right now. Um, first of all, just for a brush up to those people who still or may be a bit uninformed, why are you in uh, D.C. right now? Why did you leave Texas? Uh, we left Texas to, to block a very egregious piece of legislation. So um, it, it really is an attack on our freedom to vote. And um, anyone who tells you, oh, it's just a voter ID bill or it's this or it's that, this is 47 pages of all kinds of stuff in there. And uh, it chips away at, at the availability. It chips away at the accessibility. It limits voting hours. And some of the worst parts are um, it gives license. It literally gives license to partisans to come into the polls as poll watchers and harass and intimidate voters. Like they get a free pass on the first offense. The election judges can't even ask them to leave until after they warn them and only when they witness the activity themselves. It literally says these people can violate the penal code. They can, they can, they can, they can do criminal activity inside of the voting 
booth close enough to see and hear your voting activity. They can look over your shoulder and watch you vote and uh, harass, intimidate you, can't even be asked to leave until being warned and only then uh, if the election judge witnesses the activity themselves. Y'all, this is an attack on our democracy. The, the, vote, the vote is sacred. The, the vote, the, the freedom to vote is the cornerstone of our democracy. If you want your voices heard, that's your vote is your voice. Your voice is your humanity. And um, anyone trying to take that away from you, I, I will fight that. That's why and, I'm here. And, you know, we thank you for, for doing that because I think that's important. Representative Rosenthal, uh, the word is out there that uh, somehow the taxpayer are picking up the tab for what you guys are doing out there in, in D.C. How much money are you taking away from the Texas taxpayer, my representative? So that number is zero. Uh, the only taxpayer money that's gone to this are the people who have given contributions toward the specific effort. So as far as government money, nothing. No government money has gone to support this at all. Most of us are even returning the daily expenses thing that you get during session. I'm returning my per diem. So zero government money, my brother. It's all private donations. I want the audience to realize this, folks, um, because this is very important. These people are not only not taking taxpayer dollars, but this is also costing them as well. Many of them have their own businesses. Many of them have their own careers. The state only pays $600 or so per month. So That's no, right. this is at personal, at a personal hurt that our representatives are doing this. So again, like I have always asked, remember to support our representatives from the grassroots because the fact is, if, we are, if they are supporting us in, in what they're doing, we need to do the same as well. A, a lot of people uh, think that uh, a lot of this voting is only going to uh, affect a cla one class of people or one group of people or one ethnicity, not realizing that this stuff is really a, a, a partisan thing. They look at the way things are set out and the areas that uh, they feel vote democratic is where these particular things are targeted. Uh, big cities, which are generally uh, democratic, they will see loss of drop boxes, etc. And uh, in fact, I think they get the same amount of boxes as other folks as far as uh, etc. So, I mean, I think it, we need to explain to people that this is not a racial issue only. This is a party issue that says, if you are voting at, for another party, we don't want you to vote. Absolutely right. So there's a couple of layers to this. The, the, the innovations that we had in Harris County in the 2020 election that really made voting more accessible and more convenient, even, in, even with an active raging pandemic going on, this bill, you look at it and they go one by one on those things, they ban each of them. I don't know how it makes voting more secure to cut it off you know, and not allow 24 hour voting. I don't know why they, they would pretend that that eliminating drive-through voting makes it more secure. You know, 60% of the 120,000 people that cast drive-through ballots were women. And they were in Harris County. They directly went after us in Harris County. And then here's the other one. There's another bill besides this big, huge omnibus egregious piece. I believe it's House Bill, is it 241 that, uh, that um, Representative Toth, Steve Toth brought Steve Toth from the Woodlands, 
when asked about this thing and they said, why are you only picking the 13 largest counties to do a, a forensic audit? Why are you only going to audit the 13 largest counties? Well, how about the 14th or the 15th? You know, how about some smaller counties? And he literally said, well, we don't really have the time and the money to do all the counties and really the smaller counties vote red anyway. So what's the point? They are literally going after Democratic voters. Wow. He actually slipped and said that. It's all if you if you check Twitter right now, all the Democrats are retweeting that because he literally said that out loud. You know, it, it is amazing that, um, that that's one thing the new Republican Party has learned, right, that they can actually think aloud. At first, all these things, they would try to do it in, 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 uh, in secret or do it without, you know, uh, try, try to name, name something else. Now, um, you, you all have met with uh, the vice president. You've also met with, uh, I think, Representative Clyburn over, uh, over uh, Zoom. Are That's you going correct. to meet? And by the way, have you guys been meeting in person or all of you, all Texans have been meeting through Zoom? Well, until until we had, you know, the little uh, COVID issue pop up, all the meetings were in person. Mm -hmm. And so we met in person with a bunch of senators. Uh, we met with Kirsten Gillibrand, Raphael Warnock, um, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, uh, Senator Merkley from uh, uh, Oregon, I believe. And I think we you also met with cinema, not cinema, with um, Manchin, Joe right? Manchin. Yeah. Yeah. So Texas Democrats have now met with Joe Manchin twice. Um, and actually more productive meetings than you than you might think. You know, they didn't uh, go after him at all. They looked for common ground. He does believe in protecting voting rights. And he was a secretary of state. So when, when our folks explained to him exactly what's going on, what our laws look like, you know, we talk about uh, Crystal Mason, who's the woman from the Dallas area who was on... Um, on probation after after a, a, a trial for a federal crime, and and she received only probation in the federal court system. And the probation officer, they give you a package and they say, you know, no hanging out with felons, no guns. They list out all the things you can and can't do. They did not tell her she was ineligible to vote. Right. And so she was still registered. She cast a ballot. She was brought into her probation officer's. Uh, uh, into the probation officer's, you know, office, and they took her away in handcuffs. Right. And the, and the reason was for casting an illegal ballot. She did five years, right? So they they uh, sentenced her to five years for casting a provisional ballot that wasn't even counted. Right. The, the, our system for provisional balloting, where they go and they check it to see if it's, you know, uh, to be counted or not, worked. The the ballot was not counted. And the Senate's 35 years. She's now out on appeal. Um, it wasn't five years. I think it was 26 months. Okay. In prison for attempting to, when this was just an election worker who said, oh, you know, your name's not on the roll, but here's a provisional. If you fill this form out, you know, you could have an opportunity to try to cast a ballot. So when we talk about stuff like that, other states let people vote when they're on probation or when they get out. If right. They're on parole left our state you have to complete all of that stuff and that's you know i'm not even arguing the, the 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 ins and outs of it i'm saying if you are on parole or probation the people that set you up with your conditions should inform you of that. right 
Well, I mean, it, it is sad that uh, it is sad that. So anyway, we explained that to. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I think you're. Yeah, we we explained that to the senator. And I'm now, now Joe mentioned. Let me ask you about the senator that you spoke to. The senator that you spoke to. Uh, did you feel like uh, they will ultimately make that carve out? You know, that was uh, not part of the conversation. Of course, I was not in the room uh, for the Manship meeting. I, I met with uh, Gillibrand and um, uh, and a couple of others. I met with Raphael Warnock and uh, and uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Merkley, um, and uh, Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people who did meet with Joe Manchin felt very positive that um, they were looking for paths to in, ensure that uh, the freedom to vote is protected in the country. Now, uh, and so we don't know Rosenthal. if that's going to look like a... Yes. L let me tell you, um, from what from those of us on the outside, all right, when uh, we, we, we know, I like your T-shirt, by the way. I love your T-shirt. Yes, I love that T-shirt. Anyway, we... Let me um, back it up here. There you go. This is the Texas Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Texas Fugitive. Anyway, um, uh, here's, here's the issue. We know that there is not going to be not one Republican senator who is going to support uh, either the John Lewis bill or the We the People bill. Either, neither one of them is going to get the support. We know that. Uh, why the, the only option to get some sort of a bill is if there's a carve-out that's made for that there's there, there are just two ways right we get 10 republicans or we get a carve out and the 10 republicans are unlikely again do you uh, does do our texans feel like one of those things are going to occur there's actually a third possibility where they put some of these protections in a reconciliation bill oh so there's conversation about that i got you so i uh, know how do but reconciliation has to do with budget how do they turn that into a budget bill you know that all i can tell you is uh, they're having conversation about the possibility of doing that and i know that the senate parliamentarian is supposed to be making a ruling on on certain okay. provisions that could be that's news that is news this week uh, uh as far as the process in the senate you know while I agree with you, I don't think we're going to see no 10 senators vote for any voting rights, no, no 10 Republican senators voting for them. I think actually you might have a couple. I think actually um, Collins and Murkowski, Murkowski and actually uh, Toomey have agreed to meet with us virtually. And I think really um, that what about I, don't Romney? Remember, I don't remember the specific that's that's working. I, I'm not the one setting up the meeting, so I don't know. I just heard that uh, that Democrats were going to meet with them or their offices or something like that. I knew that Murkowski and Toomey were interested in talking to us. Interesting. What I've heard. Interesting. So we are we are attempting to reach across the aisle also, and I would consider senators like that more moderate. There's no way you get there's not ten moderate Republican senators right. in that right. There's just uh, but you might it's get a couple, and if, it, you, if you had a carve-out or you had a way to do, um, you know, a reconciliation piece, uh, those are at, those are possible avenues. So, that's the only way, yeah. All right. I, I agree with you, brother. <laughs> now, Representative, um, 
we always end it the same the same way. Uh, you are out there in D.C. right now. What do you need us Texans and the rest of the country to know? How would you like to close us out? Tell us what we need to do to help you do what you do. So there, uh, first, thank you so much, even just for having me on and having the conversation. People need to be educated about what's in this bill, be able to counter the disinformation that's out there. I think uh, folks advancing overly simplified narratives that are false are, is a real problem. So if you can help us with that, send your love, send your prayers and and uh, uh, fundraising is actually part of being elected and we're not doing any of that, not at the level that we would be if we were back home. So if there's anyone out there who can uh, help to sustain us while we're doing this, that's also very much appreciated. And, well, uh, I, and either would, through johnrosenthaltx.com or texashdc.org or whatever it is. I will, on your, on your, when this is processed, we will definitely have your website on there because we do need we we do need to support our representatives that are out there fighting the battle i mean you can't ask you can't ask them to be grassroots and and and, and then not expect that uh, we have to i mean we we go to mcdonald's we go to all these places we pay for cable tv we do all these things please folks when you find yourself with representatives out there that are really representing the people please do support them let's we're going to put it on the screen but i'd like you to ask people how can they support john rosenthal well you can go to john rosenthal tx.com john rosenthal tx.com uh, that's the website um, that would be the place to make a financial contribution but also anything anything that you can do as far as your activism bringing people along we're going to have a massive voter registration effort in this state uh, we are going to combat whatever comes our way and through organizing so all that and for folks that know me and know that i started as an indivisible uh, leader you know it is the grassroots effort that got me elected and defeated a long-term incumbent and it's going to be the grassroots effort that helps us make ground in the state absolutely so representative john rosenthal thank you so kindly for being on politics done right thank you always a pleasure that was John. By the way, folks, please, if you are on YouTube, please support our program. Please go ahead and click that join button. We cannot do this without you. Click that join button. And while you're at it, why don't you just go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to get me one of the PDR Posse Cups. I'm going to get me one of the PDR Posse Cups. And how do you get one of the PDR Posse Cups? You just click on the link that I've just placed in the link there. Get the PDR Posse Cup to help support Politics Done Right and the work that we are doing. We're heading to D.C. in October for Netroots Nation. We're going to be coming to ask you to help us out with that as well. But there is a picture of May Wood, who is the latest recipient of one of our cups, courtesy of one of our great, great, great leaders of the PDR Posse. Please also remember you can support us. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of links this time. I'll just go ahead and give you one link, politicsunright.com slash support, politicsunright.com slash support, and that will give you all the different options that you have to support this program to make sure we can continue doing our work, make sure we can continue informing, make sure we can continue taking away the crap from 
you know what what people are doing what people are saying anyhow my brothers and my sisters i want to remind you here rodney wanted me to put this on the screen by the way i lost the whole beginning of all the messages because i accidentally did a refresh on one of the windows so i'm only the, the, uh, I, i've lost a lot of the, the messages that you guys put out there but i have stuff here from uh let's see scott fuelers hey scott how you doing my brother Thank you for that link about all you need to know about the voting rights stuff. That is wonderful. E2247, thanks for the Daily Coast kudos on one of the articles that I placed out there today. Lee Grant says, if you can block any legislation by sabotaging the legislative process, the vote won't matter. This, the lefty Prague interpretation of democracy. No, it's called the filibusters what does that. In this case, we are simply using a technique of trying to uh, stop voters i mean this only happened because people are trying to stop you from voting and here's the difference between everything else for people don't see that this voting thing is the number one issue once we lose it and they create these new powers we can never vote those people who created these powers easily out of office because that's the idea to create a permanent minority. That's what they're doing with the judiciary. That's what they're doing with everything else. And because of the timidity of Democrats to really go for the jugular, politically speaking, that is, I'm not talking about my average, regular, everyday Republican, etc. They don't get it. Most people just don't get it. Include most Republicans and Democrats don't get the evil that's roaming out there inside of the political class. They just don't get it. Uh, let's see, Maywood, uh, welcome aboard as well. Uh, Jessica Taylor, welcome aboard. Uh, let's go to our new uh, or other thing. I want you to listen to uh, these reporters. I was very happy with the way they handled the, the issue with the, uh, the, the committee, the select committee. Check this out. I often contend that one of the reasons we elected Donald Trump, one of the reasons that Americans, otherwise very smart Americans, voted for Donald Trump is a failure of the media, specifically because they made him plausible. They didn't put the degree with the degree of evil that he represented, the degree of lying that he represented, the degree of fraud that he represented. They never put that in real context. They were never just outright saying things that should be said, however uh, partisan it may seem even if true. Well, you know, over the last few few months, we've seen the media try to do better, and I was shocked in seeing the way uh, Pelosi was handled. You know, Pelosi's always used as somebody to beat on, and because she's such a strong woman, for some reason that gets her quite a few arrows, actually, from all sides. Well, these two reporters here, uh, I found in one little segment corrected much that had to be said about the select com committee uh, which should neutralize anything Republicans have to say claiming that this this ordeal with the select committee is anything or is a partisan deal or witch hunt. Let's listen to this and then take it on the other side. I want to share what one of the Republicans that Pelosi rejected said yesterday. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, has more control and authority and responsibility 
over the leadership of the Capitol Police than anyone else in the United States Capitol. She is ultimately responsible for the breakdown of security at the Capitol that happened on January 6th. Anna, Pelosi nixed him, but McCarthy trying to nominate this guy and Jim Jordan is clearly an effort to derail the whole thing. If you won't mind, I want to fact check Jim Banks there and the idea that Pelosi has control over the security of the Capitol. The Capitol Police Board has one member who's appointed by the House Speaker, one who the House Speaker has a role in, but the idea that Pelosi had operational control over Capitol Hill security on January 6th or any other day is simply not true. It's an important hearing, but at the end of the day, does the American voter care? I hope they do. I certainly want to hear what actually happened and where the breakdown of security uh, was met in the Capitol in terms of their elected leaders. I do think it has the tendency to become more of a partisan uh, exercise just based on the fact that it is all controlled by Nancy Pelosi at this time. But it's important to remember, she tried to do a bipartisan, equally divided commission and Republicans rejected that. So this is kind of the only avenue that was left for her. I think it's important for two important concepts that was left there. One reporter made sure to state that Pelosi does not have operational control over the Capitol Police at all. So therefore, the attacks that this was a security issue on Nancy Pelosi's part, is it's simply a lie. But secondly as well, what was made very clear was that Pelosi attempted to create a true bipartisan of equal weight, meaning the same amount of Democrats, same amount of Republicans on the on the uh, on this select committee, and they rejected it even after they've negotiated. They negotiated and came to an agreement. They then rejected it. But the whole issue is this, and you can see what uh, uh, what uh, uh, Jim uh, Jim Banks was attempting to do. Jim Banks is attempting to change the subject from. This being an insurrection by Trumpists on the state capitol to overthrow the United States government to an issue of security, not having the capitol secure from the insurrectionists. In other words, he's trying to move blame around. He's trying to make blame that the attack was not, the, the fault of the attack was because of lack of security. Well, let's be very, very frank. Security ultimately worked. The capital did not fall. So the process cost the lives of two officers or so. Very, very bad. But ultimately, the capital held. So if you want to make it a security issue as well, the United States is still standing free, not in control of the insurrectionists who are the terrorists that attempted to execute a coup on the United States. So either way, I wish... That is one narrative I wish would be added. The capital did not fall. So therefore, we could improve on how to create less damage in the capital. But ultimately, what needs to be researched is why we had terrorists come into the capital as insurrectionists to overthrow the government to effect a coup on America. That is the narrative, and we should not allow the narrative to be changed. And when they bring up the security issue, the Capitol did not fall. Again, the Capitol did not fall. Okay, I have another video that I need to show you. This one is Jake Tapper. I will, I'll explain it in a video. Let's get busy with it. Jake Tapper was pretty solid with his interview with uh, Pat Toomey, Senator from Pennsylvania today. 
It's interesting because it's amazing to me how the mainstream media is now, uh, for some of them at least, calling it out. He actually called uh, Jim Jordan and his cohort the liars, the biggest liars about uh, January 6th and all on, on the election. And he called the Republican Party pretty much associated with the violent insurrection. I want you to listen to this and then take it on the other side. You supported the failed effort in the Senate to create a bipartisan, independent commission to investigate the Capitol attack. We just saw the effort to investigate this on the House side through a committee blow up uh, after Republican leader Kevin McCarthy put two of the most prominent election liars, Congressman Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, on the committee. Speaker Pelosi then vetoed them. McCarthy's now boycotting the entire thing. Why do you think so few in your party, in the Republican Party, seem to want to take this seriously and get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. I'm obviously not including you in that. Well, I think people do want to get to the bottom of it. Yes, I did support the Senate version of a, of a commission that would have been genuinely and truly bipartisan, both in its composition of members and in staff, which I think is important. This exercise in the House was not meant to be that. Look, here's the bottom line, Jake. We have a lot of investigations underway now. There, is, there are Senate committees that have completed some. There are others still in progress. We have many criminal investigations. I would favor a truly bipartisan commission. But I think there, we should be candid about the fact that it is politically to the advantage of Democrats to try to keep this issue in the forefront. Um, James Carville has been very candid about this. He's urged the Democrats, don't let the election be about Joe Biden and his policies in 2022 make that election about January 6th and Donald Trump. What does it say about your party that an investigation into a violent insurrection would reflect poorly upon it? No, I think it is it is constant reminder about a, a terrible episode in our history uh, with which Donald Trump was at the heart of. Now, that was quite interesting. First of all, you notice he threw Donald Trump under the bus. Oh, no, that insurrection is about Donald Trump. So here we have one prominent Republican saying it's about Donald Trump. But the fact that uh, Jake Tapper would write out called the Jim, Jim, uh, Jim Banks and Jim Jordan liars and also make it clear that the insurrection is associated with the Republican Party starts to do the necessary job to remove that false, false equivalence that they always like to talk about. At least we're starting to see the real fear and balance, and the balance being the right type. Absolutely. We so a lot of oops. time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely. Let's see. Rednin wants me to put something else on the screen. Let me see what it is about. Oh, Secretary of Defense. Yeah, I can put that on the screen. Uh, let's go ahead and do that for a couple of minutes. I give that give you that option. I think that is where I do it right there. There we go. All right. Anyhow, folks, uh, we have. Uh, let's see what one other video with Tiffany Cross and um, <laughs> this one is sort of funny. This one isn't. There's a political message in there that I took out of it, uh, but I will go ahead and let that. Let me go get rid of all the videos and then we'll we'll go on to talking to whatever you guys type into the system. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's get the last video out. One of the reasons I like Tiffany Cross's show, uh, the Cross Connection and other similar shows, is because they bring out 
parts of the news that others ignore, not realizing the impact that it actually has on the psyche of Americans in general. And I think this is, this is an important one, even though some won't initially see it, they'll probably see it as, oh, this is just sort of a catty thing with the way Megyn Kelly acts with her women. But it's deeper than that, because with a person who's out there putting out the news, if their perspective is biased, if their perspective has a particular look, if you will, it actually creates issues with some people. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Normally, you guys know I use this time to address something or someone relevant who has warranted some sort of ire from the community. However, this week, I'm taking a slightly different approach and addressing someone completely irrelevant. I'm speaking, of course, about Megyn Kelly. The 50-year-old bully is trying to bulldoze her way back into relevance that only comes to women like her for being a provocateur, not for offering any type of intellectual input. Why? Because the blackface connoisseur who had to apologize for ridiculously asking why it was racist for white people to wear blackface for Halloween is now going after someone who's less than half her age but has twice her intelligence. 23-year-old Naomi Osaka, who announced she would not participate in post-match interview conferences during the French Open and ultimately ended up leaving altogether and withdrawing from Wimbledon, citing her own mental health. Now, Kelly accused Osaka of not being genuine after the tennis star beautifully graced the covers of multiple magazines, which were, of course, shot months prior, which Osaka explained in a since-deleted tweet. Now, we reached out to Kelly's attorney for comment, but did not get a response. But when Osaka understandably blocked Kelly on Twitter, this woman said that Naomi just didn't like tough questions. Such insight from the land of the inconsequential. Shout out to all of you out there prioritizing your mental health, especially when dealing with someone who spews nonsense like this. By the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white. Jesus was a white man, too. To all you Karens watching at home, please make a list for your white Santa and pray to your white Jesus for a light, please. Because we're out here living our best life, fighting on the front lines to preserve democracy, taking up space at the highest levels of government, making long overdue and necessary changes in newsrooms, winning Emmys while twirling on our haters. We come from a long line of torchbearers, lighting fires that illuminate the world and burn away chains. So it's no coincidence that Snow White and the seven dumb takes she's had recently overwhelmingly target black women. The amazing luminary, Nicole Hannah-Jones, whom Kelly went after over the 1619 Project, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, who Kelly said should stop whining about the treatment of baby Archie, Olympic hammer thrower, Gwen Berry, who Kelly suggested be removed from the Olympics due to her protest. Kelly is really just trying to crawl her way back into social relevance and into the hearts of Fox News viewers by regurgitating their favorite attacks, all while benefiting from the work that we do. We're quite used to it. But when it comes to us, sister, stop punching above your weight. You keep asking for this smoke that you really don't want. You want to act like a high school mean girl and you'll get treated that way. Sit down, be humble, while our left stroke keeps going viral. Let the grown women speak. You're not invited to this table. You don't have the range. The key word, targeting. And, you know, it may seem kind of, well, who cares? The reason one should care is that somebody who has a platform who methodically attacks a particular sect, a particular group, that has influence in the psyche of the entire population. Why some people are generally disregarded, why some people are generally stereotyped, etc. Because we have those with the platform 
who use it incorrectly. Thank you very much, Tiffany Cross. At least you're using your platform to point out those who are not doing it the way they should. Absolutely so, my friends. Jessica says, I love that commentary. Maywood is saying, Egberto, maybe it's a re- it, it, it's going back into your speaker. I got to figure out which one it is because I, I don't, I, I got to figure out is, if it's the original that has the echo or not. I'll figure that out and, and get it fixed eventually. Eric Hayes, why is Osaka in the Olympic Games right now? Because she wants to play. That's why she has free will and she have the right not to play in the and where, where she thinks she's being abused by the reporters. You know, rep- I love the answer that, uh, that one of the, the, um, the sisters gave to, what's her name again? Uh, uh, I, uh, God, where is my mind? The, the sisters who play tennis. She said, the one thing I do know is none of you reporters would ever be able to play the way I play. And some of the questions when you're attacking me, you know, I don't even know, why are you attacking something you can't even, I mean, there was a good fight back that the sisters gave, I don't remember what it is, Carl Cox, Dems want democracy, GOP Trump want fascist banana republic government, it's not even that they want a banana republic government, they're just grifters, they just want to take, 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 steal, 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 and take whatever they can, Uh, let's see, Egberto, you are echo, I'm not echo, my video may be echo, I will fix that, though. Progressive Democrats must fuel from e- E2247. Uh, progressive Democrats must fuel our movement to get Democratic Party leadership from the Oval all down. Wake up. Exactly right. Okay, let's see what else have we got here. Now, Eric, how does talking about Pelosi's salon mishap add to the discourse other than to make it sort of a partisan thing? For every time you show me, if I really wanted to go there, you show me Pelosi doing her hair, I could show you all these right-wing guys that are telling people not to do certain things what they're doing. But it does it defeats the purpose of having a serious conversation. That is childish. That is a childish thing we see from the right-wing all the time, and it's killing people. It is actually killing people. If an athlete doesn't want to walk to the press, they shouldn't be required to simple. Good, I agree. But you know, their contracts and all of that, again, capitalism for their businesses, they have to support the torture. Uh, Daniel Ledo said something. Did I get that right? Did I see it? Daniel Ledo, Egberto's Marxism won't create utopian America. It will create chaos, chaos. Brother, um, the solutions that I talk about in utopia are mathematically sound. What's mathematically unsound is a system where 1% of the people grow at north of 7 to 10% and everybody else grow at 2%. That, from a mathematical equation, it says it is unsustainable. One of the reasons Republicans don't want Americans educated is that once Americans figure out that simple formula, and it's not even difficult, it's so simple. If you have a particular percentage, a very tiny percentage of the population growing at an inordinate rate, several times that of the pie in general. In other words, if the pie is growing at 2%, but the richest portion of the pie is growing at 7%, that is unsustainable. Eventually, if you take the, if you take the derivative, eventually it goes to zero for the rest of the people. 
and the rich gets everything. That is a mathematical formula of our economic system. You know, and let me tell you what is hard to talk about sometimes. You know, I'll say, okay, what we need to do is have redistribution. And be, oh my God, you want to take away what somebody has worked for. First of all, they didn't work for it. If you, say, if you ever say my money is working for me, that means you didn't work for that money. And we have an economic system that allows you to make money off of money. And look, all of us believe in having a little bit of interest to, to, to work with inflation on what we save, etc., etc., etc. But do remember that anytime you say my money works for me, and all of us say it, I'm not some sort of a pure, pure, pure person. But if everybody, I want you guys to understand something. If everybody thought they could put their money into the stock market and make money, you will realize that it falls on its face. Because for somebody to make money on make money on money, it means somebody that actually is working is going to make that money. And assuming that you are paid what you're worth, there shouldn't be anything left over for you to make money on money. I mean, it's the, the theories that come out, it is so simple really, right? But we are taught to be so not informed that it catches you offline. So folks, uh, it's a mathematical formula. Anybody wants to discuss it? Any one of my people who don't believe that want to discuss it? We can talk about how money grows and I can itemize it using one example and ask you, let's go ahead and see how it expands. Everything that I talk here is mathematically sound. Mathematically sound. And you know what governs everything in the world? Math. Math. Eric Hayes, Egberto, how do you know are the rich person's keeper know they have money and shouldn't be worried about huh? Egbert, how do you know, are you the rich person's keeper? No, they have money and shouldn't we worry about ourselves and what we are accountable for? Slave mentality. Again, if the rich, if the riches, you said, listen, I want, I want to expand on Eric Hayes' theory. Egberto, how do you know, uh, are you the rich person keeper? Yes, I am. And you too. All of us are the rich person's keeper. You know Why? Because we are the ones who made them rich. It wasn't some extraordinary ingenuity where they made the money. It's the money they are not paying us that makes them rich. So yes, we are the keepers of the rich. So they have money and shouldn't we worry about ourselves? That is why we worry about how much they are stealing. Because we are worried about ourselves. And that is what I talk to you about people not teaching people how critical thinking Critical race theory, critical thinking, all these things are important so that we don't think wrongly. Okay? So, Eric Hayes, I think I completely turned your question away in a manner that you can understand, my brother. Are we the rich person's keeper? Yes. Should we worry about ourselves? Yes. And that's why we talk about taking from the rich what they've stolen from us. Yes, you are correct, Mr. Hayes. We are the risk person keeper, and we should be concerned about ourselves as well. E2247 says, great explanation, Egberto. Thank you so kindly. Uh, no, I have enough to worry about besides what others have. Again, if you, are, if you have other things to worry about other than what the rich have, then you're, not, you're doing a disservice to your family. 
Because you are telling your family, I'm going to discount the person who is robbing me blind. So I'm going to try my best to worry about how to take care of you, family. I'm going to worry about you, family. Again, the enslavement of our minds by the uneducation that we have gotten in the United States of America over several years, it's amazing. And one of the goals of politics done right is to have us do critical thinking. Have us expand our minds and not just think what they're teaching us to think to maintain a system that aggrieves everyone. That is the goal of this program. I humbly ask you, I promise you, I humbly ask you to fact check, if you don't have the trust in me yet, fact check absolutely everything that I've said. Please do. Fact check everything that I say. You don't hear these Republicans saying that. You know why? Because fact checking fails them every single time. Folks, we need programs like this to stay on air. I don't only do it here. I also do it on air, etc. So I ask you so kindly, if you are on YouTube, please click that join button and become a member of our PDR Posse. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, you can just go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube. But if you want to find out all the different ways in which you can support us, I need a thousand YouTube subscribers and I uh, mean in members. And I also need a thousand uh, people on uh, Patreon. So please click politicsdoneright.com slash support. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash support. And support us in one of the many ways, including getting our books, our, our, our T-shirts, etc. Anything that you can use, it'll help us keep doing this. But my goal is to keep us thinking. Not the way they want us to think. Not the way the corporatocracy wants us to think. Not the way the system needs us to think to remain a corrosive, extractive system from our own worth. Help us tell the story, the truth. Help us give the message. Please either give us a super chat. Please support us by, going, by joining. Please support us by going to politicsunright.com slash support. My name is... Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.